Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Points with KPI, episode number 29. Today, we have two extra guests. We have Chase and Andrew back with Eric and Dan and myself. Today, we're going off another blog-style podcast. So if you want to visit this blog yourself, go to kpimh.com. It's under why the current mode of player development is broken. So that's the topic of today's discussion. And we're going to talk about all the silos that are in contention with player development and as well as why they work and why they don't and what should be more focused on. Um, so Eric, like we start most blog podcasts, I'll let you just give a brief description and then we'll go into detail. Really, the, the blog is examining kind of the standard model for player development and the standard model of player development has been in place for a while, but it's expanded now. Uh, youth athletics has become this billion dollar business basically. So high level athletes, even to you know, mid-level athletes, as they get into high school, they have all these different what we call silos. You know, they have their high school coach, their travel coach, their strength coach slash personal trainer, their private skill coach, the medical team, whether it's a chiropractor, PT, doc, you know, personal doctor, whatever it is, um, and then and then their parents, obviously. So everyone in that process thinks that they're the most important part of that process, and and, and their ego is number one, and what they say is the best, and especially if they're all separate. So you know, if, if I'm an athlete and I have all these different buckets in my developmental phase mm. each one of those buckets i'm paying for right yeah. except for your parents obviously uh, some parents think they're going to get paid from that but um you know and 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 then you go to that person and, and they all want to give their opinion and their context and their philosophy and what ends up happening is everyone overloads the athlete you know, everyone thinks that because they're the most important they put more stress on the athlete more stress on the athlete and what happens is you, you get this big huge conglomerate in place that's just creating stress and more pressure on an athlete mm -hmm. um, whereas in a we'll, we'll probably get into it a little bit more but you know having a system like ours where all of those things are under one roof yeah. um, you know we can spread out that stress to all these different areas have one voice one philosophy one system in place uh, which makes the athletic experience so much better yeah and absolutely and we've talked about it on prior podcasts before me and Chase have talked about it in person but Chase I'm going to ask you this first so like he said everything's under one roof a lot of people may say well that's a lot for one facility to take on you have everything that you possibly could in player development talk about how you see this facility function at such a high level and how each coach has to be on not only their side but understand each side as well to make it work yeah i mean from a we already know development's already hard enough right but from a it comes from a standpoint of like contradicting workloads as well like when you have too many voices like eric was talking about right it's like if we know everything about the athlete from a skill side to the lifting side to either previous injury history or whatever, then we can align that with everything moving forward. And then a lot of times what happens is like a lack of communication between all those different mm -hmm. silos. And then all of a sudden something gets lost in the mix and then this guy's doing too much workload or whatever. Yeah. And then we're able to take all that and compile that to really give the best plan moving forward. Absolutely. So I'll, Eric, I'll ask you, what do you see and he talked about communication a lot. And we talk about we give reports to high school coaches. We run parents through certain emails to let everybody know what communication is. Would you say that's the hardest part about running a facility like this? It's not the hardest part. I think getting the message being received is the hardest part. Like we overly communicate here. Yes. Like we, we send out so much information to everyone because we want everyone to be very educated on what we're doing. Like we don't hide. You know, like we put everything out there on the front end and we want everyone to know what happens in here. Uh, but what happens is the reception of that commu uh, communication. One, 
a lot of people don't read emails and it's really the the easiest and, and most efficient way for us to you know we have 300 athletes i think that train here we can't send an individual message to each one with 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 what we want to put out there so we communicate our philosophy through email We've, we obviously we're doing it through social media as well um so a lot of people either don't read emails or we put something out there that they just don't want to see or hear so they just ignore it you know um and so what happens there is we, we end up losing a lot of in, in translation and, and really you know, right now, this time of year, we're putting so much of our resources into building systems here that can absorb some of these issues that go across the spectrum of a siloed approach like this and, and make our one system so incredible yeah. that it's just undeniable that this is the best thing to do. Yeah, so Dan, well, you, Jose, I want yeah. to interject real quick. And I, I want to go a little bit backwards. I, I don't want to gloss over the the current approach. Yeah. Yes. There, there are hundreds and thousands of dollars that are getting pumped into, you talk billion dollar industry, right? Absolutely. You think it's just the average kid from an average income, which in the Bay Area, we're not average for anything for the most part as far as how much money people make here. But if you're gonna have a, a high school coach, travel coach, hitting coach, pitching coach, and a personal trainer, we have five entities that are gonna want your time, your energy, and your money. Mm-hmm. And so we know the more people, like you look at if you in corporations, the more and the larger they are, the more inefficient they become. And so, like you were saying, the, the hard part with the athlete themselves is that ego piece gets in the way. We're like, I am the expert in this, then you should listen to what I have to say. Absolutely. Or I control your playing time, so you have to listen to what I say. Mm-hmm. Or I'm a doctor, you can't go against doctor's orders, you have to do what I say. Yeah. And so the, that competing piece for those three uh, ent- you know, resources, time, energy, and money, um, you know, for the most part, you know, energy we can replenish. Sleep, nutrition, all that stuff. Money, we can make more money, right? We can haggle, we can do whatever we can to try and make our dollar go further. We cannot make up time. Uh, and so having things more efficient, having it in one spot, having an entire staff of people who are working towards you getting better are going to make the one most you know, precious resource time used most efficient, efficiently. And then as we provide that information and we get that info out to families, I do think a lot, a lot of times it's either, like this is something I'd either, my kid's just doing I don't really care about, or like, there's a harsh reality of like where you're, you where you want your kid to get to, yeah. they're far from it. Mm-hmm. And you know, okay, well, I'm just I'm not going to pay attention to that, or I'm not going to go to that person. I'm going to go to somebody else because that hidden coach is going to make me feel good about my swing, mm-hmm. and my, my personal trainer is going to kick my butt, so I'm really sweaty and tired. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go to a different travel team because I'm not getting playing time here, so I'm going to go somewhere else. So you know, I, I think that the, the current model right now is very broken, and it is set up for. Um, all of the outside entities to have success, make money, have a business, do all that. It is not set up with the athlete at the center of it and having their best interests in, in part. And so you have to, you have to, I said this to another family, you need to make sure you use the system for your own benefit. Don't let the system use you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people fall into that second category. And I want to kind of highlight the novelty of what we're trying to do here. You know, like, like we are very passionate about this for a reason because there is a, a really, I guess, big vision for this. And we're trying to close that last part of the last few gaps that we have in this vision. Well, and it's a big um, space that really no one's tapped into. Yet. Exactly. And, that, and that's our thought. Like, hey, no one's actually yeah. doing what we're attempting to do here. Yep. And, and we're very close to, to closing that gap right now. And, and you'll, you'll hear about it when we do. But, I, you know, Chase is coming from professional baseball, coaching there. Like, I want everyone to understand, like, even those inefficiencies, that siloed approach exists mm-hmm. at the highest levels of the game. And it's inefficient. So you know, what For we're sure. trying to do is, and, you know, is, is really novel. And I think Chase can maybe comment on that inefficiency of, like, having the different entities there that don't communicate with each other. Yeah, yeah I mean, you'd think, especially in professional baseball, that things would be aligned that way. And it's just not the case. It's the lack of communication is still there. I mean, they're dealing with 
I mean, actually probably around 300, you know, as well. So it's, it's the same system, right? But the communication for whatever needs to happen is always like, again, who's in charge at that moment? And then how important is that moving forward? And then, okay, now let's move on to the next guy. You know, and it's just you guys don't for sure. Sometimes guys get lost or the wrong thing is given to one kid or guys are in a position that they shouldn't be for too long. And and, uh, you know, that can that can ruin careers. Absolutely. So I'm going to Drew bring I'm going to bring it to you now. I'm going to bring it back even now to the youth. So we talk about making sure that these kids understand that their development is the key process to them getting better. Right. So how would you prepare because you're in the youth space, how would you prepare those parents to get ready for those kids to say, hey, we're, maybe we won't do the personalized speed training, maybe we'll go to KPI instead? Uh, well, I think that's where we, we come along. Uh, when we do this, we show them the numbers. You know, we show them the numbers and, it, and it's something new uh, and it's exciting for the kids and a lot of parents, I'm talking to them, it's, well, if my kid loves it, I love it. You know, and, and maybe those would be some parents that aren't diving deep into what's going on here. Um, and to kind of touch on what Dan was saying too, uh, if you're a hitting coach and you're getting paid to for that hour to give a lesson, um, your job, whether it's some kind of ache or something with the kids going on, is to get that lesson and you know do your job. Um, under this umbrella, it's if to address that and then take care of that first. And then after that, we can get back to business. Yeah. And the the youth space is very interesting to me um, because, like, right now, uh, the belief for player development for a youth player, you're getting a lot of different messages. Mm Multi-sport. Play a bunch of sports where you will see kids. I'm on the AAU team. I'm on the the football team. I'm flag football. I do baseball. I do do that. Yeah. I also have tutoring, and I do play the piano also. So, well, we need this well-rounded kid that does all these things. To a certain extent, yes. But, uh, like, again, time, energy, money, there's only limited amounts of all. I think the other that's being sold is playing against better competition makes you better. And that's just, that's completely false. Uh, you know, if that was the case, then we, we should just set the machine to 100 miles an hour and have every kid hit against it, and all of a sudden every kid's going to be better because mm-hmm. a harder competition makes them a better athlete. We know that that's not true. Uh, and then the other is, I, mean, I think we're getting past this, but the sports specialization, only play baseball. Only you just, okay, it's just my hitting coach and my pitching coach and then a speed coach and then a travel coach and a high school coach just specialize so you become the best in, in your sport. And we know that that's false too. And then the, the answer to all these questions for, for the youth player is I think the key to it is likely, do they like doing this? Like you're saying, if my kid likes doing this, then they're going to get better. That's the key. Um, and I always use the, the analogy and the example like video games. A kid would sit and play eight hours straight of video games if they could. They love it. Because they love it. The parents aren't present. They don't have any influence over what I get to do when I'm playing my video game. And I get direct, instant feedback. Did I get better or did I get worse? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really a lot of the things we try and do for our youth players is, is set up that same environment where your parents not in here chirping at you saying, drop your, raise your hands, drive your hips, you know, all that stuff. And then the, they get instant feedback to, hey, was that a good, was my process here good? Was my process here bad? Mm-hmm. And we give them the ability to succeed and fail and try and figure things out. Um, versus, you know, force feeding that, going to that lesson model. There's, there is a pressure for the lesson coach to give you all the answers. Yeah, right then. And there. display it in front of you and then show your work to your parent. And there, there, isn't, there is no opportunity to fail in the lesson because if they fail in the lesson, 
I'm not coming back to this person. I'm not going to go or, back to you. Or he's not going to say, hey, you don't got it today. How about let's do it next week at free of charge today? Yeah. You know, he's got to, he's going to make his money that day. Yes. And the problem is, too, the lesson model is if they have success in the game, the lesson coach says, oh, we need to do more lessons because like, look at it's working. Yeah. All right. And then the flip side of that is if they don't have success in the game, it's the field coach's fault. We need to, you know, come back to me and, and I'm going to throw you some more flips or something, you know, yeah. and, and that's, 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 it's really dangerous, actually, you know, and it's, it's deceiving and, and um, this gets better if there's communication between all these different things. So if, if the field coach and lesson coach are communicating, then there could, then there could be some value there. Yeah. But, um, you know, especially in the travel ball world, a lot of times that field coach and the lesson coach is the same guy. So there's this really push-pull there to, like, get more lessons, to get more playing yeah. time. And I hate that idea of giving the responsibility of success away from the athlete yep. themselves mm -hmm. you know I mean that's the whole idea it's like if I'm dependent on you yeah. to make sure that I hit well well then if you go away or something happens then how am I going to hit like it doesn't make any sense you yeah. know it's like yeah I think that's the one of the the dirtier secrets of travel balls when yep. if your hitting coach your pitching coach is also the, the person who writes the lineup they, they have the most important commodity to that athlete playing time mm -hmm. and so well I need I need to get comfortable with who you are I hear that a lot in the softball world well I need, I need to know what your swing looks like yeah well, that's what you're supposed to do in practice. When I'm paying you to practice on the field, yeah. why do I have to come and do an extra lesson with you? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I just, I, you know, I, 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 I'm going to help with this one thing. I can't do it in a group setting. Like, okay, so you're saying that you're limited by the fact that there's 10 to 12 kids at a practice? Yeah. You're not capable enough to figure out a way to create a system that then enables the athletes to get better so that you are free to then dive into those little things. Um, yeah, just the, 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 the model, the player development model right now is to help coaches make money. Is not built to help players reach their full potential. For sure. Just blunt, straightforward. So let's talk about maybe some of the different areas that we have in here. Yeah, that's just that, uh, you know, that can kind of transition into those. You know, so kind of talking about all these different areas, right? So on the skill side, you know, we have professional coaches in here. Yes. Uh, you know, like I said, our, our like I said in the blog, our, our skill guys are some of the best in the industry. Um, but what, where's the start? Is Dan gives an assessment. I think it's a joint point assessment. We use the force plates to, to, to dial on the strength side, and then that information is shared. If the kid's highly uh, externally rotated in his hips, Chase is going to know about it. He's going to know right away, maybe not to mess with his stance if his toes are pointed out. You know, so like that would never happen. <laughs> there would never be an assessment taking place. And certainly, if there was an assessment by a PT, uh, they wouldn't go ahead and share it with the lesson coach, right? Yeah. You know, so like like we kind of break down that barrier right away with with on the skill side. Yes, yeah, so the the even even with that like. Even if there was information shared between each entity, they all speak different languages. Sure. So a PT would say, hey, they, you know, they lack some flexibility of their hip flexors and they lack internal rotation on their front hip and the hitting coach would be like, what does that even mean? Yeah, I don't, how does yeah. that correlate like, to oh, me? Like, or, like, or the, the hitting coach is like, hey, you know, when your front foot hits the ground, like you, you just don't have stability on your front side. Yeah. And then the PT will like, okay, well, we need to go after this, this strength in this area. And like, no, 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 we need to do this drill. We have to, like each person wants to solve the problem with their expertise versus stepping back and saying, okay, what's the best for this athlete? Who's going to solve that the quickest for them and then move on to the next phase of the, of the system? So uh, I, I, I overvalue the, the assessment side just because uh, it's, it is something that not many youth athletes, when they go to a hitting or pitching coach, are going to get physically assessed. Very, very few that are getting physically assessed are jumping on force plates to get that information. Also very true. Uh, and then... This is really part of our, our core of what we're doing is like, once we understand who you are, how you're wired, how you were built, then we go after skill development. Versus, typically we go after skill development first and then outsource the strength, the mm -hmm. speed, the, the power, whatever, to some, somebody else. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, you know I think that integration piece is, is huge for us. And, then, and that integration, the reason why it works so well is like if we have a mobility deficiency, if we have a strength deficiency, if we have a potential injury on the table, and in here, you know, they go through their warm-ups, their skill, and their strength all in one session. Mm -hmm. If we're making gains on the training side, and then we see it 10 feet away pop up on, on the hit tracks and the exit velocities are going up, we know right now we can validate our approach, you know? And that can't happen with a segmented system. That can't happen with a siloed system because this person doesn't talk to this person. They don't like each other usually, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, whereas this way, we can, we can walk a few feet and, and check reports or ask questions to the skill coach or ask, mm -hmm. you know, ask questions to the strength coach mm -hmm. um, and we get it right away. Mm -hmm. I, I want to ask a question. It's more so I want to do for Chase on the high school side and you on the youth side. Do you have any like tangible examples of, of what we're talking about that like, make this more palatable, Chase, as far as like high school players? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples like on the force plate side. We've talked about this before where it's like if I need someone, if I need a kid to get more into their backside and they're not strong enough to do that, well, then we have to find a different approach, right? We need to, I can communicate with you and tell you to like, all right, this guy, the, here's the things that we're seeing on the force plates to get them better that way. But then we have to figure out how to put them maybe in a better position physically. And that's where the assessment can come in to be able to actually attack and be, to be better at the skill that they're doing. You know, I say this a lot of time. It's like, you can't get the human body to execute a skill better if you don't understand how the human body works yeah. and understand how the machine that's in front of you is built, right? Uh, but a lot of times it's like, for, for example, we talk about slot. Like, if I don't have any external rotation, like, I can't get there. And so that part of the assessment definitely matters. Like, specifically, I don't want to name any names, obviously, but, like, yeah. there's been plenty of times where it's, like, I, I understand that a kid is unable at their age to do what I want them to do, yeah. right? So then we need to move on to something else until they get to that point, and at least we can measure it, you know? Yeah. That probably blends into the youth side because I feel like that's more common than not. And yeah. You started getting your feet wet on the strength floor, and you, you see the – well, yeah, with that, well, me and Chase had two talks recently in the past couple of weeks. One, one was actually last night with uh, a kid. When we see his swing, we start talking about, okay, can his body do this? Can his body do that? You know, and it wasn't even about where should he do with swing-wise. It was like, what can his body do to get there? Like, what, what can we do to have him feel this without taking a drill? What, you know? And uh, another one was... Uh, on the youth side, parents come to you about, oh, my kid may be dipping and getting here, and then we had to talk with a parent like, well, these youth kids are a lot more flexible as young kids mm -hmm. than they are when they get older, you know, so that's kind of something that you can't really tell them not to do that because his body's allowing them, but it won't allow him to do that in a couple of years. So yeah. Kind of got to let it go for now, yeah. and then we'll assess it when everything gets rounded up as it matures, I think. Yeah, and I feel like that ends up becoming part of the problem is we need to fix this now. Yeah. Like this is like, that's like the lesson model, right? Mm -hmm. Like this needs to be fixed immediately. This is the only thing that's gonna work. And you just don't understand that like- Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but exactly, you know what I mean? Like there's only so much you can do if, like the same thing with the youth example. Like if they're flexible like that and that's how they swing, like you gotta play the game out. Like we can't do this right now, you know? Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. I think that the, that integrated approach, and this is probably an overarching thing. We kind of created the system by not by accident. Everything's on purpose, but it's one of those when you're doing things right, it comes to full fruition. By having an athlete get in this building when they're eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, get them into our systems, and then get into where they're ten to fourteen years old, they're in our systems, and then fourteen to eighteen, like that is continuity. That is a path 
to, to give your, your player the most chance for success. And then having a continuity where our, our high school coaches work with our youth players and our youth coaches work with our high school players. Everybody's working with all the athletes in this building. We use all the same systems, we use all the same tech. We just make it palatable and applicable to that athlete. We're not gonna talk about early connection with a, a 10 year old. <laughs> We're gonna say, you're gonna swing hard and hit the crap out of the ball. Maybe that's all we care about. Like, but when it gets appropriate, then we get to, to that next level. And so having all of our coaches speak the same language and, um, and you, you know, have the same goal of I wanna help this athlete reach their full potential. And right now I'm the best for this athlete or that piece T's the best for that athlete or the baseball coach on the field is the best thing for that athlete right then. Okay. That that's the, that makes mm -hmm. this thing whole work. And we facilitate that systematic approach internally. Like we've done a good job of it and we're doing a better job of it now, training new hires. Like, hey, here's our system. Go through this, you know, go through these programs. And, and I think once we're done with the spring, you know, we even have larger mm -hmm. goals for that kind of stuff. So it, 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 a lot of it is organic mm -hmm. and does happen through osmosis, but uh, we're also being super proactive on the front end. When people walk in that door to work here, like there is a system in place to teach them, teach them our philosophies, our language. And that's ultra important because like Dan said, like we're, we're doing this across the entire spectrum. So we got to have that same voice kind of all the way through. Yeah, we're becoming KPI. Yeah, uh, you know, some people may like other coaches, you know, you know, have their favorites or whatever. But, you know, there's, if a new guy comes in here with a new idea, it's being taught to everyone that becomes a KPI way and everybody's pushing you know, we have the discussions in the meetings and we're pushing what's best for the kids mm -hmm. together. You know, it's becoming a KPI voice. It's the overwhelming thing that we've always said on this podcast is the athlete comes first. I don't think anybody that works here would disagree with that at all. Um, I'm going to bring this full circle kind of to the last point, most likely, um, but the parents. So they're most likely the biggest part that we have to deal with in KPI. We don't allow them in the facility, though. So people may say, well, why do you do that? But... You were talking about the assessments. Every parent that comes in here on their first assessments gets a tour with you along with the assessment. So it's not just the athlete going through the assessment with you. It's as well as the parent and getting a better understanding of their child. Can you attest to how that has maybe kind of transferred people to here? Yes, it's, it's buy-in. Yeah. Like that's probably the biggest component that we, you have to get is get people on your side. Mm -hmm. So the assessment process is aimed at that. Obviously, gathering all the information that we need to design the program. Um, but it is also displaying and, and building, that, building that trust, yes. right? The parents that never show up in here, trust us. Yes. The parents who are always coming in, looking and wanting and seeing oh, what's going on in here, there's either a lack of trust in us as a staff or my lack of trust in my child that they're working hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that those two things are, are very real. Uh, the one thing we have expanded this, we used to say, no, no parents in the facility, um, just because it was just easy that way, and yeah. COVID gave us some good cover, yeah. um, is we'll, we'll extend it. Hey, if you're a youth player, you can come in for a consultation. We'll spend 30 to 45 minutes with you, take you on a tour, show you how this works. If you want to see a session going on, we try and have you come in during a youth session so mm -hmm. you can see that. And then even beyond that, if you really want to hang out for a few minutes while the session starts, you can hang out for the first session. Yeah. We know you're dropping off your 8 to 12-year-old. Yeah. Like, this is your baby. Sure, <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah. we need to earn that trust and that credit. Mm -hmm. um, and we even do it with our high school families too. Like we know what we're doing is drastically different, so more visibility is, is really good. Um, but like I said, with our high school kids, yeah, it's it's an hour and a half to two hour long process. And we're working on ways to, to revamp our assessment process to make it even more in depth, more insightful, more actionable. More so, for the for the people yeah. to understand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Um, and then kind of I think the last thing to highlight, and a lot of it's going on now, but a lot of it's we're planning for the future. Like I said, we're going to close this gap and then really have the whole system in place, is the medical side. 
You know, so what we have done historically is we have our internal communication system where any, anything that's, any alley that pops up, we type it in to our internal communication uh, and then we answer back and forth as far as who's going to handle it, what we're, what we're going to do, all that stuff. Dan's taken it to the next step and he's created a return to training system. So anyone that has, you know, we're going to kind of put a number on it, like let's say a three out of 10, we're going to pull them out of general population, give them a three to seven day template and protocol to follow uh, to, to basically do our first layer of intervention uh, of a possible yeah. issue. If they don't advance out of the return to training protocol and they're still having issues, then we send them to the second layer. That second layer could be PTs, chiros, uh, you know, athletic trainers, um, and then that. And then if that doesn't work, or if it's a serious enough issue, we skip the second step. We go all the way to orthopedics. We have great relationships with a whole bunch of orthopedics in the Bay Area. They refer to us. We refer to them. Um, there's open communication there. Um, so that's one side of things. And then the other side of things, we're getting close to having medical personnel in here full time. Right now, we have them on a part-time basis. We kind of like strategically do it based on when we're the busiest and have the most older athletes in here. But hopefully by the summer, we're in place where we have someone here full-time that we can refer to to kind of handle some of the injuries that pop up. And, and that's that will be us closing the loop completely and, and really creating the system we have a vision for. Absolutely. All right. Anything else? Any more comments? No? All good. All right, thank you guys very much for listening to Talking Points with KPI, episode 28. Once again, if you do want to see the blog more in depth and you didn't get enough info from this conversation, please go visit kpimh.com. Go to the blog tab. It'll be the first one at the top, written by our very own Eric Wagley. Thank you guys very much for listening. See you guys next time. Okay. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs>